0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Ever seen the sky so blue? The birds are singing. I got nothing to do. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Mm, it's a sunny day. Sunny day now. My pockets empty. My cupboard's bare. But call me illogical. I just don't care. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. It's just a sunny day. Hey, hey, hey. hey. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio.
3: Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions 801 575 8255. You can text us at five seven five zero zero. Good time to call; the phone lines are open. I wanted to start uh, the nine o'clock hour, and you have done a video for us today, Ton. That's going to post in just a few minutes on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page on how to transplant your house plants. So we talked about this a little bit last week, and you know, you have to do this every so often, depending on the t- the plant type.
1: You really do. Some house plants will go for several years without needing it and others need to be transplanted at least every other year and so i've put together a short video on just how to do the smaller ones that you can reasonably handle
3: didn't talk about my ficus tree no (laughs) you know you do hit a point to
1: where if it's in a, a the equivalent of a 20 gallon pot That you theoretically could transplant that, but you'd better know what you're doing and have a space to do it and have a lot of tarps or something so you don't make a big mess.
3: I can't even lift that thing. It's so so big.
1: Yeah. But for average houseplants that you get from a garden center or a box store, oftentimes the day you buy them, they already need transplanted to a bigger pot because they've let them grow to a point that they're sellable, you know, and they look really big for the size of the pot. Mm. But, you know, every one that I've purchased this year that I've pulled the pot off and looked at were at the point that they could stand transplanting already.
3: Already. Hmm.
1: And so that's something you want to keep an eye on. And so transplanting has a few advantages for the plant to keep it healthy. One is that potting soil breaks down over time, it's mostly organic matter. And so as that potting soil does break down, it is less able to hold nutrients and water. And so the plants will dry out more quickly. It will compress a little bit, and it just gets to the point that it's not usable after two to three years. Mm -hmm. And so when you take your house plants and go get a pot a couple of inches wider and deeper, you put new potting soil around the base and the perimeter of the plant, then the potting soil will create a space for new rooting that the plant will utilize and a space where it will hold water and nutrients far better. And it just keeps it healthier, more disease resistant, and just more doing what you want it to do.
3: Do you need to loosen the roots?
1: not usually and it depends on how root bound the plant is so if the roots have reached the edge of the pot but they're not spiraling Mm -hmm. then you do not need to but if you pull that pot off the plant and you have spiraling roots and you don't see a lot of potting soil then it's good to get a razor blade or a very sharp knife and just cut a quarter of an inch into the roots on three or four sides of the plant there is no reason to go in and smash that root ball up, you know, you're gonna shock it quite a bit. And so, if you just use a razor blade, it'll where those wounds are after three or four weeks, new roots will form that will go straight out. And so, that's what you would do with a root bound plant. Now, if you squish those roots up a little bit, you know, a lot of house plants it's not going to kill them, but there's really not a reason to do it. Mm-hmm.
3: So is it beneficial then if you just have a big pot and you're not going to transplant it, but you can see that it's lost some of the soil, it's disintegrated, uh, to add new potting soil? Does that
1: help? It can temporarily because that potting soil breaks down, but you can only get that potting soil where you can see. And so... You know, it would be something that, you know, if you put some potting soil over the top of existing, it would help somewhat. But it's going to be better to get that plant out and then get it into a new pot. Mm-hmm. Now, when like you're talking, sometimes we do have these gargantuan trees and palm trees and things that are a lot more difficult. And the procedure is the exact same. A larger pot, two to three inches wider in diameter, you know, putting the soil on the base and then around the sides. It's just that it's a lot heavier. And so if you have something like that, what you would do is get two or three people and you would have somebody holding down on the pot. And you want to pull it out when it hasn't been freshly watered because as the water evaporates, the soil contracts and it's easier to get out of the pot. Mm-hmm. And it's a little lighter. And so have one or two people hold down in the pot, one or two people pulling on the trunk up. Now you don't want to, if it doesn't feel like it's firmly rooted, you don't want to just start yanking for all your worth on that trunk because you can hurt the plant. And so in this case, if it doesn't feel like you can get it out reasonably, then what I would do is consider a cutting the pot away or breaking the pot so that then you can lift it into a new larger container.
3: You mentioned sometimes plants can go into shock. Is there special care for plants after you transplant them?
1: You know, the least amount, the, the less you disturb them, the better. And so it's most plants will survive just fine. But all I would do is just get it into its new pot and then just give it a light house plant fertilizer to just help it reestablish some of those damaged roots. But just good, honest care is going to get that plant through. There's no potions or elixirs that you can get from a retailer that are just magically going to reduce transplant shock. Mm-hmm. It's just getting in its new pot, giving it two or three weeks to acclimate and reestablish, and then it should be fine.
3: Should house plants be, uh, should you be giving them some extra fertilizer? And when would that be if you did?
1: Well, houseplants generally, and there are a few exceptions, like the cyclamen we talked about last hour, that need winter fertilizer, but 95% of houseplants should not be fertilized in the winter. Okay. They they don't need it because light levels are lower, temperatures are lower, and they're alive, but they're not really actively growing. And so you start to fertilize houseplants sometime in mid-March, winter day lengths So you have greater than 12 hours of sunlight. So when you hit that point, you can start using half-strength potting or half-strength indoor plant fertilizer or Osmocote-type products that you put in every few months. But during the winter, they don't need fertilized.
3: Okay. Okay. So you can find the video that Ton has put together on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page that has just posted. If you want to learn more about the cyclamen, you can also find an article that we posted last hour, again, on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We are coming back with your calls and questions. Mel is already on the line. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Text us at five seven
1: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
3: Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you, taking your calls and your questions by text. You can call us 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500. Next listener, Ton says their family likes the look of some trees with multiple trunks, but they've never found them for sale. Is there a reason for that?
1: You can get some trees with multiple trunks from garden centers, but what they oftentimes are doing is taking three small trees and putting them into one bucket and then letting them root out. So it looks like a multi-stem tree. And so when people can't find multi-stem trees, that's one thing that you can try doing, but other trees such as birch maybe has a single trunk in the pot, but over time will form other trunks as it grows. And so The types of trees are going to be very important because only five to 10% of trees want to form multiple trunks. And so in the garden centers, you can find Canada red chokecherry, or there's a few varieties of red chokecherries. Sherbert, Sherbert, Schubert is another one.
3: (laughs) Close. Close.
1: (laughs) So Schubert or Canada red are two that you can get as multiple trunks. Birch trees, sometimes aspens. Then, uh, trying to think of others, but if you want that multi-trunked look, sometimes just purchasing the little number five trees for 30 or $40 or even smaller, you know, maybe go to Walmart or something and planting them together and then doing some pruning to keep them that form and limbing them up as they grow will give you the same effect.
3: You really need to like the experiment of it, right? You really do. (laughs) Okay, let's go back to our phone lines. Mel is on the line in West Jordan. Good morning, Mel. What is your question?
2: I bought a grape plant the other day at the hardware store in a a little box, and it's got a a bag with some dirt around the root. And the the planting instructions say to wait until the ground has warmed to 50 degrees and four to six weeks after the last frost. So I'm just wondering what to do with this thing until then.
1: Has it started to leaf out? No. Okay, get it into your garage so it doesn't freeze but it stays cold. Because if you leave it inside, after two to three weeks, it's going to leaf out, and then you've got a house plant for the next six months or so. until. And so mid-May is when you're going to want to probably put that out. But because you've purchased it, I would just stick it somewhere near – I'd actually put it near the garage door because it's going to be colder there than near the entrance to your home. And just Uh make sure that it's sealed up and that it stays, the soil it's put in or whatever media it's put into stays moist. And then just keep it dormant that way and then plant it later.
2: Okay, so you should water it maybe a little bit.
1: Yeah, unless it's sealed around the little stem or the trunk of the, the, the vine there, it will dry out a bit. And so you may need to drizzle some water in there once in a while just to keep it moist.
2: Okay. Uh, I think that's all I need to know. All right, Mel.
3: Thanks so much.
2: Do you have time for another question? Quickly, yes. I have an aloe vera plant, and I just wonder what kind of soil to repot that in. Standard
1: potting soil is fine. You don't really need a cactus mix or anything, but just a good potting soil. Okay.
2: Thank you.
3: All right. Thank you. Uh, Next listener wants to know, when starting seeds indoors, is it best to use heat mats or overhead lights or both? And how long do they leave the lights and the mats on?
1: Both. And the heat mats need to stay on until the plants are germinated and the lights needs to stay on until... You're ready to transplant outside. Light levels indoors are just not sufficient for most transplants. So, what I like to do is to find either an east or a west or south window, start my transplants in that window with lights over the top of them with a heat mat underneath. I will unplug the heat mat as long as the room's staying above 70 during the day and above 60 at night, but those lights. I will run for 16 hours a day or 18 hours a day. And then in addition to the sunlight, so the, it, with that, I've noticed that my transplants are relatively healthy.
3: Yeah, keeping those lights six inches above the plant, right? Correct. All right. Suzanne is in Marie. Good morning, Suzanne. What is your question? Hi, I'm reviewing your checklist for spring and it says, uh, fertilize your spring bulbs, but it doesn't say what formula or at what stage of
1: growth. What checklist for spring are you looking at?
3: Uh, downloaded from the U.S. use site.
1: Well, I don't know them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's
3: teasing. <laughs> He's only there 24
1: hours a so day. So what's your question?
3: <laughs> okay, how do I fertilize my spring bulbs and do you like bone meal?
1: I, not really. I just would use a fertilizer. The bone mills have oftentimes been leached of whatever you wanted in there, and it's not the same as bone mill 100 years ago, unless you can find, like, I don't know. And so when I fertilize bulbs, I'll just use lawn fertilizer if they're in the ground. And oh, okay. seem to be perfectly happy. And so what I'll do is just salt and pepper it over the top of the bulbs. Or if I'm fertilizing lawn, just overlap into my flower beds and it works. But we're it. doing this when they're growing actively. Yes. Okay. You can fertilize other... because they're rooting out by late February into mid-March. You can do uh-huh. a light fertilization if they're actively growing. Don't uh-huh. over fertilize them, though, because you'll get a lot of growth and it may minimize flowering.
3: One other quick question: I couldn't kill out black medic in my lawn last season. Is it an annual or a perennial?
1: It's black medic is generally annual, but it can be short-lived perennial depending on what it's hybridized with. And so keep after it. uh BioAdvanced makes a product called season-long broadleaf okay. season-long broadleaf uh, lawn weed killer. And right. the active ingredient that in that will prevent it from germinating at, to a greater extent. So maybe try that.
3: All right, Suzanne, thanks for your call. We need to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. Phone lines are getting busy. Mark, Anna, you're up next. Number to call, 801-575-8255. Text us at five seven five zero zero.
0: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought